Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Truth with Susie Ann. And this is your host, Susie Ann. Okay, so we're now in the summer and there is a feast that actually falls in the summer. This holy festival is known as the Feast of Weeks. It's also known as First Fruits or popularly known as Pentecost. In Hebrew, it is called Shavuot. It usually falls on either Tammuz 28th or 29th because it's not done by a specific date but by a count of days, which I will explain later on. The scripture where this is found is in Leviticus 23 verses 15 to 21. This feast was instituted initially to celebrate and give thanks for the harvest of the first crop planted in the new year. So remember, in Unleavened Bread, we celebrate the first fruit, well, say, the first harvest that we'd have since the year started. But this harvest is from really the old things that were planted, that we're now harvesting in the new year. Not the new year according to the Gregorian calendar, but the new year according to the Hebrews and the moon. So unleavened bread would have celebrated the first harvest that you'd have in the year at all. Whether it's things that you planted new or things that you planted old. However, Pentecost now is specifically for the harvest of the new plants that you have planted since the year has started. So you're harvesting these new things that you've planted and Yahuwah said that the first fruits of the wheat harvest would be that which Israel had sown in the field. Let me refer here to the Bible. And the Feast of Harvest, which would be the Feast of Weeks, the first fruits of your labor, which you have sown in the field, the first of the first fruits of your land, you shall bring into the house of Yahuwah your Elohim. And that's coming from Exodus 23, verses 16 and 19. According to Joshua, they did not arrive in the Promised Land until Abib. See, Joshua chapters 3 to 5 in order for the children of israel to be able to offer a new wheat offering at the feast of weeks from that which they themselves had sown in the field they would have had to plant spring wheat which matures in the summer after they arrived in the land in the first month it is a physical impossibility for wheat to mature in 50 days The earliest that the Israelites could have had wheat that they themselves had sown would have been late in the fourth month. Wheat generally takes 100 to 120 days to mature. And that's about three and a half to four months. Scripture also continually associates the wheat harvest with the grape harvest, both taking place in the summer. The new wine spoken of in Acts chapter 2 would not have been available in the third month, spring. 
And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And I'm quoting from the Bible now, sorry. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Moving on down a little further. Some, mocking, said, These men are full of new wine. And that's according to, if you read that in the Strong's Bible, you'll see it. You'll find it at Strong's G1098, what they were referring to as new wine. And this excerpt is coming from Acts 2, verses 3 to 4, and also verse 13. New wine, as according to the Strong's, denotes sweet new wine. That's from the New Strong's Dictionary of Bible Words. Peter, speaking on the day of Pentecost, said this, But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said Yahuwah, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in the house in, in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And that's according to Acts 2 verses 16 to 18. Peter is actually quoting from the following passage. From Joel 2 verse 24 and also 28 to 30, which says, And the floor shall be full of wheat. And the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids. In those days will I pour out my spirit. Scripture continually associates the wheat harvest with the grape harvest, both taking place in the summer. See Nehemiah 13 verse 15, 2 Chronicles 31 verse 5, Jeremiah 8 verse 20, Jeremiah 40 verses 10, Daniel 2 verses 35, Micah 7 verses 1, Judges 15 verses 1 to 5, Haggai 1 verses 11, Joel 2 verses 24 to 28. Please have a notebook when you're listening to this because you will need it. Note, the grain crops, example like wheat, are often translated as corn in the Bible. Now, in ancient Palestine, there were two rainy seasons. The early rain in the fall was for the springing up of the newly planted seed. The latter rain, spanning the last and first months of the year, was for ripening the harvest. The harvest. <laughs> this was used in scripture as a metaphor for the outpouring of the Ruach HaKodesh 
in special power. Joel contains a prophecy of this special outpouring of the divine power in the Ruach HaKodesh, which is the Holy Spirit. Be glad, then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in Yahuwah, your Elohim, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. You see, the first outpouring of the Ruach HaKodesh, or the early rain, occurred on Pentecost, after Yahusha's ascension back into heaven. The night before his death, the Savior encouraged his disciples by promising to send them the Ruach HaKodesh, which he called the Comforter. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The comforter which is the Ruach HaKodesh, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father. Even the spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. John 14 verses 16 and 26 and 15 verses 26. Yahusha was thrilled at the prospect of being able to give such an immense gift to his followers. Through the indwelling Ruach HaKodesh, the Savior could be closer to each individual than when he was present with them. He urged, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And that's coming from John 16 verse 7. After Yahusha returned to heaven, he kept his promise. He did send the Ruach HaKodesh on Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and I'm quoting here, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And that's Acts 2 verses 1 and 2 and 4. The disciples recognized in this event that the promised comforter was the early rain foretold by the prophet Joel. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, and I'm quoting again, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days. And you know the part already that I pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, sons and daughters, servants and handmaids. Right. Acts 2 verse 14, 16 to 18. 
the power of Peter's sermon, uttered after he had received the early rain of the Ruach HaKodesh, was such the same that the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And that's coming from Acts 2 verses 41. This is but a faint representation of the power of the latter rain. When the Ruach HaKodesh is again poured out before the close of, the pro of probationary time to prepare a people for the second coming. At that time, the whole earth will be lightened with the knowledge of the glory. That's the character of Elohim. See Revelation 18 verse 1. Now, I was telling you earlier that it does fall the day to celebrate all these great things. It falls on either Tammuz 28th or 29th. So now I'm going to explain as to how you find the date. So how to count for Pentecost. You shall also count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath that you bring the wave sheaf seven Shabbats. They must be complete. Then after the seventh Shabbath, you shall count 50 days when you shall, when you shall present a new offering to the ever-living Yahuwah then there shall be a holy proclamation to the public on that day. It shall be holy of holies to you. You shall not do any laboring work. This is an everlasting institution in all your dwellings for your posterity. And this is coming from the Fenton translation. Leviticus 23 verses 15, 16, and 21. Now, this translation better explains what we have been long struggling to understand. Now, I'm not sending you to go use that Bible. It's just this specific translation really brings out what is it? How are we really supposed to count it? Now, from the day of the first fruits, that's Abib 16, we are instructed to count seven Shabbats complete. Lee. <laughs> this will also bring us to the 8th of the third month. Scripture tells us plainly that from the day after the seven Shabbats complete, we shall number 50 days. Again, see Leviticus 23 verse 16. So on the day after the 8th of the third month, we then count 50 days. Day 1 being the 9th of the third month, if the third month has 30 days. Then the fifth day will fall on the 28th of the fourth month. If the third month has 29 days, then the 50th day will fall on the 29th of the fourth month, which is very simple. So let me do that again. From the day of the first fruits, Abib 16, we are instructed to count seven Shabbats completely. This will always bring us to the 8th of the 3rd month. Scripture tells us plainly that from the day after the 7 Shabbats complete, we shall number 50 days. Again, see Leviticus 23 verse 16. So on the day after the 8th of the 3rd month, we then count 50 days. Day 1 being the 9th of the 3rd month, 
If the third month has 30 days, then the 50th day will fall on the 28th of the fourth month. If the third month has 29 days, then the 50th day will fall on the 29th of the fourth month. And when we're talking about fourth and third months, we're not talking about Gregorian calendar, people. Because if you think that way, then you're going to get um, confused. We're talking about the, the Hebrew month, the lunar month. Abib 1 is the first day of the new Hebrew year. So it would be the fourth month in that same year that you would find this date. So there are two events that actually refer to this same Pentecost date. Let me read here. Um, in Exodus, it says, Yah sent Moses down from Mount Sinai, holding the Ten Commandments written in stone by Yahuwah's finger. And that was the Old Covenant. In Acts 2, which is New Testament, Yah's Spirit descends on those gathered on the day of Pentecost to write the commandments in their hearts. And that's New Covenant. Jeremiah 31, verse 31 to 33. Moving down again. In Exodus, it says about 3,000 people died as a result of disobedience or idolatry. That's Exodus 32, verses 28. On the same day that Aaron somehow knew to proclaim a feast to Yahuwah. Exactly seven Shabbats complete plus 50 days. And in Acts 2... It says about 3,000 souls were saved as a result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, according to Acts 2 verse 41, on the same day that thousands were gathered together because of the Feast of Weeks. Pentecost had full come. And I'm going to quote now from Acts 2 verses 1. Well, that's Acts 2 verses 1. I'm going to quote from 2 Corinthians 3 verses 6 to 8. Yahuwah, who also made us sufficient and as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious, how will the ministry of the spirit not be more glorious? So this is actually very, very obvious. The first covenant was written on stone, given to Moses. And now, through His Spirit, it is now written on our hearts. From the calendrical details recorded in Exodus, we can conclude without any doubt that Moses descended Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, Law of Yahuwah, exactly 50 days after the seventh complete Shabbat. Incidentally, many biblical scholars agree that the Feast of Pentecost is a memorial our anniversary of the giving of the law. So, with all that information, you should know the meaning of the day and know why we still celebrate it even today. Because it's not an old 
holiday. But really, it is representing the seal of the new covenant within ourselves. Now, the guidelines for keeping this day are pretty simple. Give a free will offering as you are able. I mean, a free will offering separate from your regular offering that you would give. You know, just to commemorate the day and to give Elohim thanks for this full and free salvation and his rock hakodesh and that's according to deuteronomy 16 verse 10 to 11 also it is a shabbat so no servile work therein according to numbers 28 verse 26 other related verses and i hope you have your notebooks is exodus 23 verses 16 exodus 34 verses 22 Leviticus 23 verses 15 to 22, Numbers 28 verses 26, Deuteronomy 16 ver- um, verses 9 to 11, Deuteronomy 16 verses 16, 2 Chronicles 31 verses 15, Nehemiah 10 verses 35 to 37, Acts chapter 2, Acts 20 verses 16, 1 Corinthians 15 verses 20 to 23, 1 Corinthians 16 verses 8, James 1 verses 18, and Revelation 14 verses 4. So I hope you're now fully informed. Feel free to ask questions. You can send it to my email at littlekaleidoscopegirl at gmail.com. Thank you again for tuning in. To check out more of my stuff or to contact me, you can reach me at Facebook at Little Space Kaleidoscope Space Girl or on Instagram at Little underscore Kaleidoscope underscore Girl or on Wattpad at Kaleidoscope the Pen or on my blog on WordPress at Little Kaleidoscope Girl with no spaces. Thank you for tuning in.